Yo, yo, what's up? This is Chris Leone from the Performance for Life podcast. I got my brother, Jonathan Edwards, on the podcast. And we're going to be talking about a lot today. John is a father, a wonderful father, the assistant principal at the Boyd Anderson High School, an entrepreneur, and he is an artist. I got to check out his, his hits on, on iTunes. John. As I said, thank you so much for joining us on the Performance for Life podcast. This is episode 30. My partner, Jake, isn't able to make it today, but he is here in spirit with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You bring a wealth of knowledge to this podcast. And and I'm sure a lot of people that are listening, our listeners, new, old, the ones that left and came back, you're going to get a lot out of this. So, John, let's just open up, you know, introducing yourself, who you are, what you do, and then we'll, we'll, we'll jump into the spicy stuff. Thank you for having me, Chris, by the way. It's it's good to be on here. It's funny because podcasting was like the first like media slash entrepreneur thing I tried before I fell in love with music. So this is actually inspiring me to get back to the podcasting because it is fun and I like it. Yeah. Pretty, My name is Jonathan Edwards. I like to consider myself a jack of all trades. My Instagram bio, you know, I have a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. So <laughs> I could master one thing or I could be great at a lot of things. I choose mm. to try to be great at a lot of things. You know, one of them will be the thing that I end up focusing on at some point. But yeah. it's, it's hard to just only do one thing. Yo, you know what that reminds so me of? Um, <laughs> yo, my uncle. I don't know if anybody got uncles got uncles out there that does everything. So I got an uncle who's a lawyer. <laughs> He's a real estate agent. <laughs> He's a personal trainer. By the way, I do have a real estate license. <laughs> <laughs> so he, John, John is that uncle. And yeah, he'll I'm, fix your plumbing. Yeah, I'm, I'm that uncle because I I like too many things, and that everything is like a challenge that I have to conquer. So when I see something, I think I got to do it too. Or I say, why not me? Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, can you can you uh, talk a little bit about your career, right? Being yeah. an assistant principal at a high school down in FL? Yeah, so I, uh, being an assistant principal, I thought would uh, never be a part of my future. It's funny how you fall into a career, 10 years, 11 years in education now since college, and mm-hmm. it's gone by fast. You know, it's a great job. It's almost like a calling. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that... Despite how difficult any moment or day can get, there's something about graduation, prom, mm. a couple of big days that are just that it's bigger than your pay. It's, it's so fulfilling, gives you chills yeah. to watch kids that, you know, you had in your office, you, you suspended them, you've, you've yelled at them for having bad grades, you've, you've yelled at them for getting out of the hallway for skipping, and then you see like their whole family proud of them as they walk across the stage and they yeah. shake their hand. Yeah. So it's like one of, those, one of those careers that it's like it resets every year. So you mm. kind of get lost in the time. Yeah. It's not static like a lot of jobs where it just it's continuous. Yeah, you know, every and year you, it just it's a brand new thing. It's like seasons, yeah. like a TV show almost. Yeah, and those and those four years, man, they they fly by. You know, I yeah. see, and you know, I I obviously I follow you <laughs> on, right. on IG. You seem to be very involved in like the sports over at Boyd. Can you talk a little bit about you know their their program, right? From a, from yeah. an athletic development perspective, what are you seeing that's different from when you play ball? So there's positives and negatives different from when uh, I play football. First of all, being in Boyd Anderson has been amazing because they have such a rich athletic history. You know, Boyd Anderson currently is number four in Broward County for, which we all know that Broward County and Dade County, like the Mecca of like you know, pro athletes come out of it. So yo. we're number four in the County for active NFL players. That's wild. Um, so like right now we currently have like five or four active NFL players that are alumni, which is crazy. Wow. You got to think about how many get through. You know, I'm looking at signing day in Broward County. And you got like schools that are dropping 15, 16 kids D1 a year <laughs> out of one high school. And so it's just like the competition is so high. It was like that when I was in high school as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, lot, a lot of the guys I played against are in the NFL or like retired NFL vets now and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy. Like seeing like, yeah, I played against a guy in high school or, yeah. you know, I knew him in high school. We used to talk at track meets. And so the differences from then and now is the ability to market yourself. Mm. So when I was in high school, one of the things that hurt my recruitment a lot was it being a new school and my coaching staff not having a lot of relationships with colleges. Mm. So I kind of did my recruiting on my own. Whereas now with Huddle, Twitter, Instagram, you know, high school kids will have hundreds of thousands of followers and every coach in the nation knows who they are on social media alone. Yeah. So from an athlete standpoint, it's a whole different level of marketing. 
which they are, like, these kids are amazing. I, I mean, they whip up highlight tapes on their phone in a minute. Yeah, you know, that was professional. Sports centers posting them these days, too. It's, it's great. Right. Yeah, it's serious. So that aspect is different. I would say what what has what I do like about our era that when we played mm-hmm. football is so business oriented in high school now. It's all about who's transferring where, who's grabbing the big coach here, who's putting together the all star staff. It's like a lot of the things you see like on Sports Center, like with like the hiring and free agency. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like high school offseason happening at the high school. Yeah, so because seven on seven is so big, and mm-hmm. kids are getting recruited twenty four seven by whoever, which technically recruiting is illegal. But what I mean, like you have people influencing kids to go to different schools. Wow. They aren't necessarily even part of the school. You got neighborhood people that oh, you know, because I went to this high school, I want to see that kid go there, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. And social media, like you know, so it's just the, the transferring is crazy. Kids will transfer to three different schools in four years, you know, just to to get a ring or to get exposure or be with a certain coach or play with certain players. So the, what, what's lost a little bit is that hometown, like I grew up in this city and I'm going to play for that team one day. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you knew it, like you have kids that'll live in like a like they'll live in the boundaries of a rival school, but then go to the other school uh, or they'll transfer from rival schools. Like, yeah, there's no way when I was in high school, I'm transferring to my rival. Yeah. You know, like I, I'd rather go 0 and 10 than transfer to my rival. Wow. Th- that era is gone. So I would say that it's just different. The athletes are, they have so much sports nutrition and so many custom gyms. And, yeah. you know, like I am athlete. I don't know if you still watch that podcast ever. They opened a gym down here. Wow. So, so we have kids that are training at professional level, you and know, so, gyms, and, getting and, ready. So they, and so they've like, so basically they've beefed up the, their, their strength and conditioning program. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they're, how, so how are the kids, how are the kids doing mentally? Right. Because it seems like there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of pressures involved in high school athletics you know specifically football how are they mentally like how are they coping covid did a damage on a lot of the students oh yeah it came to their social development so how they manage stress how they manage like adversity Mm -hmm. and and, like in in person yeah yeah, yeah. definitely not as strong as it used to be the past couple years but in in other ways they're very resilient when it comes to how they are at the household so Mm. you have kids that have taken on like before they were just going to school now they were the babysitter, going to school online and working a job. So it's yeah. like, it's like they grew up fast because of COVID, mm-hmm. but they skip little steps yeah. on how to be a complete student athlete. Mm. And they just kind of became adults that also play sports. Yeah. I would say that's the best way to describe it. It's like, you know, almost all of them got jobs. Almost all of them were babysitting their little siblings. And then they were still, you know, doing school online and then trying to find time to train on their own yeah. before team activities resumed and stuff. So COVID changed them a little bit. They're very independent, mm-hmm. but a lot of them don't know how to be independent. So what do you, what do you mean by that? Elaborate. elaborate. Well, you know, anybody, I look at it like, like a fight, right? Anybody can throw a punch. Mm-hmm. You ball up a fist and throw it. But that doesn't mean you're efficient at striking. Mm. Right. So at any moment, any human being can be independent. A tragedy could happen. You lose your parents. You're independent. That doesn't mean you're ready at seven years old to be an adult male. So I look at COVID like that. So, you know, just because they were forced to be independent doesn't mean a lot of them are ready. So a lot of them, you know, a lot of them, some are going to succeed and some are not, you know, and it's just, now it's just about doing triage and fixing the ones who, who don't succeed. Online learning wasn't for them. Online learning turned into having depression. Online learning turned into falling behind even more. And now you have like a bigger achievement gap. Yeah. And then you have other kids who online learning is how they excel. So yeah. they took online learning, they finished all their high school credits, got an associate's degree, did all this before 19. Yeah. It's like I mean, two extremes now. That's the, that, that's like, that's, it's, it's their, I feel like that generation, that's the, the technology is like, they're strong, <laughs> the, the, the strong element, right? Because they grew up with smartphones, right? right. We, we still were rocking flip phones. And, <laughs> yeah, know, we had flip phones in college. <laughs> used to get in a fight and hang on my razor like <laughs> hold up <laughs> get off phone <laughs> but um yeah but the thing about it is so the funny thing is these kids are like scared of computer science too some of them which is kind of funny because it's like really yeah like you know the, the good thing about our generation is like like I mean when I first used a computer it was Microsoft DOS so yeah. it's like I understand how the computer works yeah, a lot of a lot of the touch, I call them the touchscreen generation. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't understand the concepts like the menus behind programs. 
Yeah. Like they just like if it doesn't work when they touch it, dude. It's like it's know, weird. Like it's like you can do a lot on your device, but you have no understanding of how it works. Yeah. In, in the world, <laughs> in the world of automation these days, it's like it's weird because you're not necessarily writing. They don't necessarily have to write code anymore. They could just literally copy and paste a schema and just drop it somewhere, and then boom, it works. And then they just color it and do whatever they need to do, and they're and then they're off and running. So, I mean, that's a whole different conversation. Right, yeah. So, like, it's weird because they're technology, but it's like, are they tech? tech? I don't know. I mean, yeah. and, and you know what? That 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 kind of goes into, like, how these athletes are training these days, too, mm-hmm. right? Because there, there seems to be, you know, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. There seems to be this weird automated way of doing things, right? Yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of coaches, they're, like, program, they're, like, programming stuff and, like, using all sorts of like algorithms and all that. It's just like, dude, all right, just put something together, make sure they're working, <laughs> they're working hard. And, and, and then once they're, once they're done, you know, from a, from a mental perspective, talk to them and, and just, and just really figure out who they are. Right. So that they can, so that they can kind of grow into themselves versus all of this other stuff that they've been doing. There's like all sorts of contraptions and machines that you can like, you can like stick somewhere and then they can like analyze your body and, and all that mm-hmm, other stuff. Yeah. Like, Dude, like, come on. <laughs> it's like, Hey, see heavy things, pick them up, put them down. Yeah. Yeah. And I then when you get tired, run. drink some water and do it tomorrow. And you know, everything, go pick it up, put it down. Sometimes I'm not sure if that, if that, if that gets in the way of, of the actual training. I remember this, uh, <laughs> forget what the receiver was young guy. And then someone asked him like, yo, how do you train? And then the dude was just like, yo, I run routes. That's yeah. my job. Devontae Parker or Devontae Adams. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. All these footwork drills, all these, they got the fanciest footwork drills I've ever seen in football. Like, are dude. we playing, are we ballerinas or are we football players? Because I, I may not be able to do all that, but I can run straight. <laughs> I can run straight and, and lay somebody out <laughs> or, or, or catch the ball. <laughs> so, so it's just like, you know, the, the, the landscape is changing versus yo just run routes and get really run routes really well right just get rid because at the end of the day the difference between the elite receivers and the average ones is not their body compositions they all look the same damn near they all yeah like body wise they've they've perfected how to like make your body right for the game it's just some are expert route runners and others are good route runners yeah yeah, they're all fast. A, they're all quick. It's amazing. It's amazing to see like the transition from you know back when we played. And, and, speaking, and I'm not, of, oh, yeah. sorry. No, and yeah. speaking of what you're saying, like we're, we're building a neuroscience lab for sports on campus right now. Oh wow! And so we're, we're doing a like a, a, a sports academy. So we have your traditional weight room with power yeah. racks, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The the wet room, which is like your cold tubs, yeah, a yeah. recovery room like indoor turf and things like that mm-hmm. for recovering injuries. Mm-hmm. And then like the neuroscience component where it's like the things with like the lights on the wall and you have to touch different patterns. Yeah. 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 All the different mind games that you have to play to mentally strengthen yourself to, to build a complete athlete. And then around the corner from that, it's called U Academy is what we're calling it. Yeah. We have an AI lab getting put in. We oh, bought a robot, man. like a $30,000 robot that the kids can program and automate. Wow. You can like walk around and greet people and stuff and complete yeah. tasks an aerospace lab that we just partnered with United Airlines and Embry-Riddle. And then uh, we're starting esports. We're going to have gaming, like actual gaming esports. That's wild. So That's it's wild. like <laughs> the, it's athletics has become something completely different now. Dude, it's and you know, you, you talk about the neuroscience room where they're touching stuff and all that. I actually started implementing that in my training. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I, I, I bought, blaze pods and this is this is i'm not i'm not getting paid for this but these things are great right so they're basically like you can set up certain drills and when certain lights turn on you do this if this light is 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 not on you don't do this and so on and so forth and it helps with the reaction time and the mental portion of the game which is something i feel like you know when i when i was playing i kind of i kind of missed on right it was really based on instinct versus all right let's kind of break this down to to the mental logic of the, of, of, of the whole thing. Right. So these blaze pods that I've been using were, are, they're amazing, man. They're amazing. So I can't even imagine what this neuroscience yeah, <laughs> building is like. It's going to be interesting. Know. We're building it from the ground up now, but like blaze pods, I'm going to check those out. Cause that might be a company we use in there, but they're, they're pretty good. They're pretty the, good. 
because now that I'm looking at it, like we got some athletic kids. We have a great basketball team as well. We just lost a tough game. And you could tell the only reason we lost a tough game was bad decision-making under stress. It wasn't yes. about talent. And I'm like, if they made better decisions under stress, then they would have made the right passes. They would have made, and like you could tell that it had nothing to do with their athletic ability. And that's, and, and so that's, that's exactly, exactly what happened. That's exactly what I'm, that's what I'm talking about, right? When you, there's a big difference when you're playing on instinct versus like mm-hmm. mental logic. Right. right. And so that's where this neuroscience building that you guys are building is, is going to be, is going to be brilliant. man. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm sure you're going to have some great coaches. So we're going to move over to your entrepreneurship. Let's, let's talk about that. What you, what you, what you've been doing. I see, I see your skin is glowing. You're looking all good and all that. <laughs> yeah, man. So <laughs> yeah, the skincare definitely is a, so that's actually a really funny story. And I was sitting at the beach and the way the sun was hitting my skin, I'm like, damn, my, my skin is looking good right now. I should make a skincare line. It was right before COVID, right? <laughs> so COVID hits. When COVID hits, I'm at home. I'm like, I feel like I need to learn a new skill. And so the skill I wanted to learn was uh, trading stocks. Right? Mm-hmm. So did all this research, read all this stuff. It's been like a whole month just researching stock yeah. theories yeah. and all the oh, stuff that I, I fell asleep on in, in uh, economics class in college. Yeah. So I realized that, okay, wow, like throughout this whole pandemic, any health and beauty stocks were doing amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are they doing so well? Because women always are going to care about their beauty. Damn. I realized like, yo, you can, you can have lost your job, no pandemic. Then in Florida, the nail salons, the hair techs, they were packed still. Going, like, yeah. Everything's closed, but the hair salon's open. I still got I'm, like, good. I'm like, dang. Hmm, maybe there's something to that. From the Armageddon. <laughs> so, so I'm like, that's interesting. So I invested in, well, one, I invested in Johnson & Johnson because I had a feeling they were going to make a vaccine. And then Johnson yeah. & Johnson had, they own so many beauty companies. Yeah. Right? So, and then I was researching more about the pandemic and I was realizing about the harmful effects of mucus in your body for coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, where does mucus come from? Oh, mucus comes from a lot of animal products. Okay, cool. And then I'm yeah, like, I feel like we were doing the same thing at the same time. This, <laughs> yeah, so this is, this I'm just, really I'm just, weird. Yeah, I follow this rabbit hole of just, all right, cool. Some mucus. All right. So I'm like, what are things that eliminate mucus? Okay, these ingredients, these ingredients. And then I had read something about how your skin absorbs stuff, mm-hmm. how your hair absorbs so much stuff, and the harmful ingredients that are in like toothpaste and this and that. I'm like, oh, that's why people spend more money on certain things. I thought it was just a waste of money. Like, why yeah. not get the dollar cocoa butter at the dollar store? Why would I buy $30 lotion or $20 yeah, lotion? Yeah, Palmer's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the dollar one. There's, there's a lot of it. It's a dollar. It's a big tube. Why not? So then I started, there's this app called Think Dirty. It, like, you scan all your products in your house. I scanned them all, and they were all toxic. Mm, toxic yeah, yeah. And I'm oh, like, God. oh, wow. Like, all these things <laughs> are getting absorbed in my body. So then, just let it go. Things start opening up again. And I had ran into a bottle girl who, when I dropped my first song, I went and celebrated and bought a bottle in, at this mm-hmm. rooftop lounge. Mm-hmm. I ran into her and she was a distributor for uh, Monet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, what's up? She's like, yeah, I'm with this vegan beauty brand. And she's like doing her sales pitch. I'm a vegan beauty brand. I'm like, oh shit, that's all the stuff I've been researching. I'm in. What do I do? And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm in. What do I have to do? And she's like, oh, it's like $100 or $200 to sign up. Bet, here you go. Like, just paid for it. I'll figure it out later. Mm-hmm. And then it was funny because I'm like, that's what I needed to get into. That's how I got into the whole thing. It was really just like an offshoot of researching about stocks. Yeah. But I got to say, since I've been using it, I was, my hair was thinning a lot. I was balding. Mm. The growth kind of came back here. So my bald spot, but I was, you know, I was about to be, uh, about to be pops back in college. Yeah, you was about to be, you about to be a lost cause, like yeah, I was, I was about to be a lost cause. Like, it was, I was holding on to, <laughs> so my hair strengthened a little bit, skin got clear. I'm like, okay, this stuff really works. So you know, I, I felt like it would be a good business to be in. And then that kind of just the pandemic really opened my mind to other things. Mm. Um, I've dabbled and dabbled in a lot of things. I'm really just trying to find the perfect balance of my job and business. You know, there's a lot of like, and I tell this to kids a lot. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but they almost like downgrade like the, like, like it's like the internet made having a nine to five unsexy. Yeah. Like to the point where it's like 
oh, I don't want no nine to five. And there's a lot of nine to fives that are actually important for the world to function. Exactly. Like, everybody can't be a, an entrepreneur. So yeah. like... <laughs> not, not everybody can just own a business. Like, <laughs> right, so like, yeah, someone's got to buy the shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there like, okay, I like the idea of ownership because I get you the freedom, the time, the, you know, the, the empowerment from owning your own business. Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing, but I also see why people fail and I see why people give up. It's very easy because it really takes the discipline to stick to it. Absolutely. You're always motivated when you sign up the LLC and, you know, figure out what you're going to buy and write off on taxes and all this cool stuff. But then it's like when like you hear no, like what keeps you going? So it's like I get why people fail in business. I don't think it's any negative thing. It's just nine to fives are important. And, you know, we're in a society right now that knocks the nine to five. And I get it because, you know, wages are not going with inflation. But there's certain careers that are essential. And at the end of the day, happiness, you know, there's happiness, happiness and money kind of have to be separate. I really feel like, I feel like money takes away stress, but you got to figure out one, how to be like relative when it comes to happiness. Mm -hmm. Like people, I think people are looking for this like childlike happiness. Dude, it's like life isn't supposed to be like that. Dude, it's not supposed to that, be like this. It's not supposed to be childlike happiness. You're and, an adult now. You're supposed that, to get shit done. <laughs> you that know? brings me to actually, this is a good segue into that this post that I'm like obsessed with that you posted, right? It's a the motivation post. What is motivation? All right. And then once you motivation is not real. Motivation is that not is real. That is why motivation is sold as a business. That's why people get paid. Keep saying the same thing from the same 10 books over and over and over to you, and you keep buying it, or you keep watching it, or you watch it over and over again. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that plan. So in my when I used to teach before I was an administrator, mm-hmm. my kids were like, yo, every time I come to your class, I get like super motivated. You know, you should be a motivational speaker, right? And I'm like, yeah, maybe I should. It's like I recorded all these motivational talks and it's just like it felt so weird because I'm like, I look at motivation like I look at like going to therapy. Like like therapy, if therapy is done right, you go to therapy, you learn the skills so that you don't always need therapy because you learn the skill set of how to be mentally strong. Okay. Motivation should be the same. Okay. I hear some motivational stuff. It makes me disciplined in a certain area, and now my habits take over, mm-hmm. regardless if I'm motivated or not. It's about learning the habits. So if to make a career out of motivational speaking would mean that I'd have people keep coming back to me to, hear, to re-motivate them. And I feel like for me to properly be a motivational speaker, I would have to say, stop listening to my shit and go do it. But then, like, how am I going to make money if I'm telling my people to stop listening to me? It's very yeah. contradictory. Like, so I'm like, I can't very, do it. Like, it's, it's, it's a fine line of, I don't want to sell bullshit. But the reality of it is, if you need a motivational speaker to do everything in your life, you miss the point of the whole motivational speech. And I just feel weird making a living off something that like, you shouldn't need it forever. Yeah. And there's, there's and I, something, that's there's something to be said about that, bro. And I, and that's, and that's beautiful. That beautifully said, there's something to be said about that. Motivation must come from within. Mm-hmm. But I find that the problem with that is in order to go within, you got to see some things <laughs> that you wasn't ready to see. <laughs> yeah. Look at yourself in the mirror. Like, yeah, like you're soft. Like, Damn, before I even exactly <laughs> you're before, soft before you're I even get to the motivation, right? And like, so that and so that inner drive, right? That inner fire that you know that we see in movies and stuff like that. It, it, it's real, mm-hmm. but you got to go find it. And so the reason why we all go out looking for motivation, scrolling through Instagram for motivational things, right? Memes, reels, whatever, whatever they are, right, is because we can't find it within ourselves. Right. Right. So what if I just taught you how to be disciplined? We don't need motivational speakers. We need disciplined teachers. We need people that can teach you how to be disciplined and set you free. You know, the, but the, the thing motiva- is, that's not good for business. Yeah. You know, the motivational you know, speakers out there is going to, is going to kill me right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm cool <laughs> with it. I'm cool. Right. With it. Because, because no, this is, I'm, I, I am in my, in my partner. And I feel like we all are on this quest to empower people. Right. 
Right. And then that empowerment they can take and they don't they no longer need to give us their give us their money because they can take it on their own and be of service to the next person, the next person. And now you build this community of self-sufficient people. Right. How about like, that? <laughs> yeah. Like, like what about what about a personal trainer that like teaches you how to be on the level of where you can learn how to train yourself? Yeah. Make the, your own decisions. You don't have to call me. C- can I eat this? Yeah. Like, you know, read this book. <laughs> Learn how to do these yeah. do these metrics. Learn yeah. how to be disciplined the way yourself. Pick up some water and drink it every day. Yeah. And measure it your damn self. Yeah. And to the point where you like it. Because yeah. you care about it. <laughs> and, 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 and then you become your own motivation. So right. You, and then you become your own thing. Yeah. You then no longer need to have to listen to a, to a specific song to, to, to make it to the gym. Right. What if, right. What if your iPhone breaks? What, you gonna, you, you're not going to work out? You know, it, it's so funny today because... So I, I, I purposely don't just listen to like hype music when I lift. And I think you taught me that in college though. Secretly you did. Because when you used to listen to Phil Collins before games, I used to be like, you're a weird boy. You're weird. He's weird. Like I'm over here listening to my dirty South music. He's over here just, he's just, what is he listening to? It's like, I can feel it come. But you, your face is intense. But it's like, you didn't need the song to hype you. You don't. You, 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 like, you, 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 you really don't. taught me that a long time ago. Yeah. So I do that. I still be rocking the R and B. I'll throw in the whole R and B joint. You know what I mean? And just and just vibe out. You know Power lift. You know, back back in the you know, I'm gonna have to say this, but you know, you know, a little while ago I was listening to R. Kelly and powerlifting, man. See, <laughs> TV two just hit, just, just hit right. It just hit right when you when you lift up some heavy weight, bro. That's see, that's crazy because some people need like Metallica. Uh, heavy metal, like yeah. I don't have to be angry to lift weights. No, no, not at all. <laughs> like, I used, but, I used to think, I used to think that you know I gotta get angry, like a little while ago, right? So I, I went through this, dude. I mean, we'll 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 get into, it. we'll talk about it, but you know, in in my twenties into my thirties, dude, I went to a, I went through a really dark dark space, right? Mm-hmm. Dark space, right? Addiction, alcohol abuse, all that good stuff, right? And that's what would allow me, right? Anger would allow me to do what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, when the anger was gone, I was lost. <laughs> I was like, how am I going to lift all these damn weights? Right? It makes sense. And, 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 and eventually, once I started, you know, doing the self-work that I needed to do, you know, I'm, I'm in recovery. I'm three years, three years sober. And, you know, I realized that I didn't need all that anger. Mm. I didn't. It was, it was always in here. I just couldn't, I just could never find it because I was afraid to go in here because there was a lot of, a lot of things in there that I ain't, I ain't, I ain't want to look at. Plus. What? <laughs> you know, who are you telling, man? Like, that's one of the hardest things to do is really look like for me, you know, even moments now, there's things that as a kid, I got angry at my father for doing that I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like eat that. Yeah. Like, damn, I judge that man for that. Yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> So who am I to judge? Yeah. And like, I can sit back and be like, well, if, if my dad never modeled those behaviors, then I wouldn't have picked them up myself. And I, I could do that. I, I could blame him and do the whole freaking overly analyze it. Yeah. Or I can say, nah, nigga, you saw some shit you didn't like and you did it anyway. That's the reality. So yes. it's like <laughs> the, that self accountability is real. It's real. And, and it's, and it's, and like, nobody teaches you to do that. Like, you don't, we never learn that. Hey, no. here's what self-accountability feels, accountability feels like. That should be a freaking class somewhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> first self, self-accountability first feels like a freaking punch to the jaw, right? Yeah. Like a bone chattering punch to the jaw. Mm-hmm. And then it heals. And then you're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. And then, and then, and then you start learning to, to, to love that person and have compassion for that version of yourself, because right. that's the key. That's the key right there. If you, if you constantly hate that person, oh. then you might as well suppress it and uh, wait for it to come back later. Yeah. Cause the, always thinking about it is what keeps it alive. Exactly. And, and you're making it realer. The more you say you dislike it or hate it. Yeah. And yeah, you just got to embrace it. Like it's like during COVID, I lost like a lot of weight before COVID. Mm-hmm. Then I gained it all back and I said, fucking COVID got me fat again. And I was just <laughs> like, no, bro. No. Nah. Uber Eats. So all those days you ordered Uber Eats. Mm-hmm. It wasn't LA Fitness being closed. Nah. You could have went outside and worked out. Yep. You could have rode your bike, but you didn't. You said, oh, well, 
Ah, LA Fitness is closed, so. Oh. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> as a, I'm not going to sit around. I'm, 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 I'm loathing it. <laughs> I'm like, man. And then, so then the, the phase of, I've been going, I've been getting back active again in the gym the past two weeks. Nice, nice. And um, got the first compliment at work, like, have you been working out? So I was like, yeah, the results are showing. And it's funny because it's like the first week going back after be, after that, that whole two years off of, yeah. of BSing. Free, free it was like, no, I'm sitting here like, <laughs> why am I redoing the same work I did two years ago, starting from scratch? I'm so angry at myself. I'm, I should be able to do better than this. Yeah. I lost all my games. This sucks. I'm sore. I'm tired. I just caught a cramp. <laughs> I'm old, my knee hurts. Yeah. And I'm just like, yo, like I I see why they say, yo, man, get it off before you get too old because it is mentally exhausting. And then, like you see a picture of you back in your playing days. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, man. Yeah. It, it gets- I, I used to be I used to be hard on myself for my body then when I had a little pinch of fat on my hip. Yeah. Now I'm sitting with a whole gut like <laughs> <laughs> if that was hard to get off, how am I going to get this off? I'm like, man, F it. I'm just going to go home. And then I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know what? Shopping at the big and tall store in the future won't be so bad. You know, yeah. what's the big What's the big deal about if I become a 3X? You know, what's the worst that could happen? And then I'm like, I'm like, and then I look at myself like, are you crazy? Like, I literally like, <laughs> I, I, like <laughs> no, like, you are insane. You're rationalizing Bad the health, dude. diabetes. Like you just be like you just said there it's, it's gonna be okay. No, dude, it's not that's gonna be what okay. Society, society tells us that we should be comfortable. Yeah, okay. Like, like don't don't worry about it. You're a three X. That's why you got big and tall. That's why you got this. That's why you got that. Yeah. And it's just like, yo, embrace the pain. <laughs> like, no, just, just embrace no, I, I want to shop at Macy's when I want to shop at Macy's. <laughs> I never had to think about that before. Well, I hope they have my size. I never want to feel like that again. I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> like, so, and, and that's kind of going back to that post where I thought about, I'm like, motivation isn't, for two weeks, I've not been motivated to get back like into my old routine of, you know, a gallon and a half of water, 5 a.m. workouts, mm-hmm. and a night workout, stretch, make sure I walk a mile a day. Like, I had all these things I was doing, yeah. along with jujitsu and martial arts that I was doing. And I competed in jujitsu right before COVID happened. Nice. And so it's like, you know, I could just hang it up. I'm like, nah, I need to get back in competition shape. I need to compete again. Yeah. All those things are good. And it's funny because I feel like it's like a chain reaction. I feel like I've been doing better work the past two weeks at work. Mm-hmm. I've been sleeping better. Yeah. I've been making better choices. Like it's like it's a chain reaction. Yeah. And it's like the positive habits are so much more impactful than being motivated to do something. Yeah. Yeah. And, like you, and you think they really it. build off each other. They just yeah. you, you think about what's happening to you physically and psychologically when you are when you are working out, when you do have a regimen, the sleep, the nutrition, the exercise, the chemicals that are firing off in your brain and so on and so forth, right? Yeah, your body's gonna your body's gonna love that, and that should be enough motivation that's coming from within that right. need, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that you can wake up in the morning and you and you feel great, and you don't feel like you know you got a freaking brick that just that that's just sitting on your that's just sitting on your head, you know, it ain't cool. So like like I said, man, that post, and if you guys haven't seen that post, you guys should follow John. What's your what's your handle again? It's Ogiso Jonathan. Ogiso, um, Ogiso Jonathan. Yeah, and, and what it is, O-G-I-S-O. Interesting. So Jonathan Edwards is such a common name. I can never get a cool Instagram thing that's like professional in my name. I've tried every variation of John, John C. Edwards, John Edwards.e.e. They're all taken. So Ogiso comes from Benin. I did my Ancestry.com one day. Oh, you did? Found out the majority of my heritage from the west coast of africa so benin togo and nigeria and uh, ogiso was you know in their language king so it's like king jonathan oh so then so it was kind of an empowering thing for myself to like you know king of myself king of my you know like i mean yourself there is something to there's something to be said about going back and 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 knowing where you're where you come from yeah, right? it's because a, you can cool. you you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about who you are personally, right? Understanding your ancestors and and where your ancestors came from, and you know their behaviors and so on and so forth. That's a you know that's another can of worms that we can open. At, right, right, right. At a later time, because it 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 really I've I found it very beneficial to start asking those questions. You know what I mean about you know 
my heritage and, and where I'm from and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, that's that, that's pretty cool. So, yo, let's talk about your your music, man. Mm-hmm. What about it? Number one, I did not know that about you. Like, oh, I, neither did I. <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was, I was stunned. I was like, "What is going on right now?" Right, so, when you, what was your reaction when you first started me making music? Like, what did you think? I, I didn't. So, <laughs> all, all I could think of is the TikTok. I don't know why. <laughs> and, I, and and then like, and then I started thinking about like how good of a dancer you were <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, and I was just like, music, huh? So then I'm like, yo, let me download one of these joints and give it, and give it a listen because I don't even know what I I didn't know what to expect. What man. TikTok did you see? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the TikTok. Not, not oh, the TikTok. TikTok. Oh, the, yeah, TikTok the club. Body, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so yo. I'm so used to the new generation. I'm like, yeah. By the way, we had the we were revolutionary. We used to party at the TikTok. Like, think about that. We used to party at TikTok. Imagine and, and, TikTok was out back then. Who shut it down? To the, to the audience, uh, the TikTok was a was a, was an establishment <laughs> where students would go to to party at Lawrence University, where, where me and Devon got kicked out of it, banned from our senior year. <laughs> so we made it three strong years without getting banned. So, so yes, so the TikTok. So yes, so when I when I listened to. John's music. I thought of the TikTok, and then I and then I pictured him dancing, and then I'm like, "All right, how do I tie music back into this?" So I had to listen. <laughs> yeah. So, should... so where where the inspiration come from, man? To it's a crazy story. It's really right. it's, it's it's really a crazy story. So when I was assistant principal at uh, Plantation High School, mm-hmm. it was a difficult place for me. I was going through a lot of things professionally and personally at the time, and. My one connection was the kids, right? Mm-hmm. And so at the time we were building a band program and I remember there's this kid, hopefully he makes it, but he was a rapper, right? Mm. And he like, he low-key like called me and the assistant principal broke. And he said that like- In one of his oh, rhymes? Nah, just like, he was just talking hot noise in the office about like, oh, he's rich and he's this and he's rapping and da da da. I'm like, boy, anybody can rap. Bam, I can rap. And then he was just like, oh, nah, this, da, 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 like laughed at me. And then I, I have a couple of friends who dabble in the music industry. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever met Lewis's Jenkins' little brother, but his little brother is like a, like a music, he shoots music videos, mm-hmm. works with the record label, stuff like that. So I'm like, hey, man, you know, before you like completely just shit on me, like I'm some cornball assistant principal, I actually do know some people that could help you with your rap career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he laughed at me. Mm. And he was just like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm already plugged in. And then he said, like, oh, yeah, I'm already with, with Cheese and, da, 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 and this person. I'm like, I know him. Mm. <laughs> so the person he likes named, I'm like, yeah, I know him. Okay, look at me different. And then after he was talking about all this stuff, now he's got a BMW and all this stuff. I saw him get picked up and the most broken, the BMW he was talking about, by the way, was like, 15 years old, um, the door handle was falling off, the headliner was dropped, the tents were bubbled up. Like, I'm like, fam, you can't rap about foreigns. And like, I'm just like, well, that's the problem with rap. Like, people just, anybody can just do it. So I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Just to prove a point that anybody can make music mm-hmm. in this era, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, you can buy a microphone and make music. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I made a song. It was a joke at first. It was really just like to kind of get kids hyped about coming back to school. Yeah. To show them that they can do whatever they want to do. I was also starting a digital music class at the school at the same time. Yeah. Kind of way to market that. I told kids, yeah. hey, listen, instead of, you don't have to be street anymore to be a rapper. In fact, mm-hmm. it's actually bad for business because yeah. all the rappers <laughs> that are doing street stuff are getting arrested because it's all documented on yeah. Instagram. So it's better just to be an artist. And then I was like, so imagine if, I could build a rap stu- a studio on campus to keep the kids out of the streets. That was my, mm. my idea. Wow. So I said I was going to do it. We had a digital music class in our band. So our band shot one digital music class. Uh, one of the kids made some pretty dope beats in it. And I decided I was going to drop a song mm. for first day of school. And it was called AP. And mm-hmm. so I was like, AP, AP. You know, I don't forget I'm an AP. Mm-hmm. And so I went from undisclosed location from a person I might have known and I got an Audemars, okay? <laughs> and, and I wanted to show them that it's just a watch. Like, yeah, it costs 80 grand, but at the same yeah. time, 
You know, I can make 80 grand a year as an, as an educator. Yeah. So, like, what's 80 grand? So the song is like, AP, AP, Automar, forget me, AP. AP, AP, Automar, forget, don't phase me. Like, just to watch. Yeah. Don't phase me. Like, y'all getting all hype about, oh, because somebody shows up in some rented jewelry and, and yeah. you know, and, and a rented car that, that, they're, that they're rich. No, it's not mm-hmm. true at all. Yeah. So like, they like the hook. And then I made, like, a little TikTok video. Mm-hmm. I was in the school, like, rapping into my radio. Mm-hmm. And all the kids loved it. Mm-hmm. So then it was like a funny TikTok. Fast forward a month later, every time you, I walk in the hallways, AP, AP. <laughs> so now it's like I'm the school rapper. And then one of the students in student government comes up to me and said, Hey, can you perform at our pep rally? Wow. I'm like, uh, thought of City of Bones. And I was like, well, shit, that was fun. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll perform in front of some people. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I thought about the rush of being on stage and how fun um, it is. I'm so yeah, glad. Dude. <laughs> your bones was the, was the thing that. So, I'm like, it made me not scared. That took away all stage fright for the future. Oh, that's beautiful. Because doing something completely different out of your element, like a dance fight scene, come on mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Like, that, that took stage fright out. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. So let me go finish this song because I never made the song. It was just that little TikTok. <laughs> so now I, <laughs> I got to go make a song now. So I make the song and I record a second song just in case they try me like I'm a one-hit wonder. So I made oh. two songs. <laughs> <laughs> so I made two songs and then the pep rally ends up, we end up becoming game of the week for South Florida. Oh. So our pep rally now gets sponsored by 99 Jams and Oh, DJ Khaled's DJ and Funkmaster Flex and all these guys come out to do the freak DJ Nasty. I'm sorry. DJ Nasty did our, our show and the radio station's there. That's so I'm crazy. like, yo, this is crazy. So it's like the radio station said the whole DJ booth, this and that. They, they were told that an artist was performing. So, you know. So I come out when I say like the whole gym was just jumping up and down. You could feel the energy. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was big, it was more energy than any big game. Any like I felt like a superstar coming out of the locker room, yeah, yeah. and like, and then when I walked out, everybody's singing the song, AP, AP, all my forget, and then the beat dropped, and then I just like lost it. So I'm, I'm jumping around, I'm doing spinning hook kicks, <laughs> like I'm, I'm just like I'm showing out. Do the song, DJ Nasty says, Yo, that was pretty good, man. Um. You new artist? And I'm like, yeah, now I'm the assistant principal. He said, Why are you the assistant principal? <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah. And he goes, Yo, man, keeping up with the music. So when he said keeping up with the music, I'm like, either he said that to be nice, but I don't think why would you you don't have to say that. Maybe yeah, yeah. I should keep it up with the music. Yeah, so yeah. I say, yo, play the next track. <laughs> he pops the next track on. The kid's like, what song is this? And I'm like, I'm from Broad County. Broad County, you know, I keep it on. Like, oh, he has another song? I rap that song. <laughs> kid's like, oh, he's a rapper now. It's soul. So now it's like, I had nothing else in me. You know, it took me like a month to write that one song. Mm. And then all of a sudden, I hit Flow State. Mm. And I just like went home and I just started recording song after song after song yeah, after. Yeah. And I'm like, this is crazy. I never thought I'd be, like, it was hard to write the first song. Like, I like went through a whole notebook trying to write a yeah, song. Yeah. Just, and then it's crazy. I just hit this like flow state. Started cranking out music. And, yeah. and that's what happened. Like, it, it's the weirdest story because I, I never did it for like fame. Never mm-hmm. did it for money. Like, it was just to show kids, yo, you can really do whatever you want. Like, so if you want to be a rapper, go be a rapper. Don't just talk about it. Yeah, man, you know, I'm trying to rap, but you know, yeah, I'm trying, yeah. nah, nah, go record it and rap. Like, stop, stop playing with it. Like, so whatever it is you're doing, you know, the glitz and the glam doesn't phase me. That was the whole Audemars thing. Wow. So that was the concept behind the song. And, you know, there's a bunch of, you know, we got some, from that school, there's some kids that are really rapping right now too. That's the crazy wow. thing. I'm wow. not saying I'm the reason why. Um, I just think that it, if my assistant principal's rapping, I might as well take my shit serious. You, you and I think that's what it, catalyst. I think that's what it was. It was like, yo, there's an, I really do this for real. I'm about to really start, like, yeah. these kids started putting out some bangers. Yeah, and these, kids are, these kids are cold. That's so, that's that's beautiful, man. <laughs> so that's what that's how the music came, and then it's something now that it's like it's like my journal. Mm. Um, I just reflect on life through it, and that's what it is. It's, it's my audio journal. That's uh, the evidence that I existed, 
It's something that, you know, my daughter can look back on and it's, it's on the internet. So she's going to find it. It's there. Yeah. And she like, can listen to her dad's yeah. thoughts. I'm looking at obnoxious conscious and to me right now. Yeah. <laughs> so then I have two different artist names. I have Jonathan C. Edwards yeah. and I have Jay Extra. Because I, y'all gave me the extra name in college. We, we, yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't let that go. I realized I have two different people in me. I have Jay Extra and I have Jonathan C. Edwards. Yeah. So depending on the song, it's either a Jay Extra song or it's a Jonathan C. Edwards Jay song. Jay Extra song. Yeah. That's, so the, that's beautiful. Jay Extra is Jay Extra. <laughs> and you know Jonathan Edwards is assistant principal. I think I think I've only listened to John C. Edwards. Oh yeah, Jay Extra. That that one is the, that's when I first started. Oh, Birth of a Star. Nah, Birth I heard Star. Birth of a Star. Yeah, yeah, Birth of a Star. That's the that's the little debut project, dude. So that dude. one was television was my my favorite song off that one. That's television awesome, was t- television actually. This was a, like a proud moment. My first time recording with like an actual producer or whatever. Mm-hmm. I went to his house. He records out of his house. I dropped two songs in 30 minutes, one take. He wow. looked at me he's like, how long have you been rapping? I said, three months. He looked at me like, what? He's like, bro, I've never been in this booth with somebody that professional. I just came and dropped it. Yeah. So I was just like, so he said, he, I'm like, for real? I'm like, yeah, for real. Like I just started rapping. He's like, shit, I'm calling you one take Drake. And after that, I'm like, yeah, that's in a new bar. Every song in one take. <laughs> so now all my songs, I don't chop them. It's one take. One take, bang. One take. If, it, if, I, if I mess up midway through the take, I delete it. Yeah, wow. I do one takes. I don't punch in. It's one take. You just, you just lay it down. So is Abundance <laughs> Incorporated, is that, is that your... Yeah, so that's my record label. Because I told the kids, listen, I always got to go independent. And, yeah. you know, it's uh, R.I.P. Young Dolph. You know, I love my South music. Oh, I know that. He was a big inspiration for me to do that record label. It's just that, like, watching somebody get to that level of straight independent music yeah, yeah. is crazy to me. So I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm going to make a label, sign myself, you know, major key. And then my boy Mike from high school, mm-hmm. we play football together. He started making music, too. First of all, he was like, I'm not doing that. He said, no. I said, Mike, it's a good way to express yourself. He said, yeah. no. He said, no. Man, the second you have on the mic, man, it's Blendado Johnson. So I executively produced a whole album of his that we haven't released yet. Wow. We're waiting for the right time. And I've worked with like a couple other artists. So, you know, the roster is two right now. And I'm not out here really looking for people. I'm not yeah. trying to be the whole P. Diddy thing. But if it feels right and I feel like you fit with the vision, I'm going to do music with you. And it's not something I'm forcing. I'm not doing it to be famous. I'm not doing it to get rich yeah. quick. I just want to put out stuff that's reflective of who I am. And I want mm-hmm. you to see the growth through it. So it's like the first album, Birth of a Star, all mm-hmm. garage band. That's crazy. All garage band. It showed what you can do with no talent as a producer, no knowledge, no courses, no classes. Just get on garage band and, and do something. That whole project is garage band and a hundred dollar microphone. Nice. In a closet. So, mm. you know, it, 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 I did that. I, wanted, I didn't care that it, if it didn't have the perfect injury, industry production. Mm-hmm. I want to show like, yo, just do it. Once you do it, that builds the momentum. Yeah. Keep doing more and keep getting better. Yeah. That's and Alex Genty gave me that advice. Al- yo, Alex Genty. Yo, he's producing some banging music. He was, he was, he, yeah, he was rapping and producing. Stuff yeah. Like so I so hit him up. And I'm like, yo, man, I'm trying to get into music. Like, should I do I need Pro Tools? Do I need this? He said, listen, just get the get master garage band. When you feel like GarageBand is too much, then get Logic. When you outgrow that, then upgrade to Pro Tools. Yeah. Because that way you have to understand the concepts of making music. Like, you're not out here chasing a hit. You're learning the frequencies. You're learning, like, the engineering of music and sound. And this is, yo, and this is what we're all about at Performance for Life, man. It's the the journey. Mm Mm-hmm. That 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 you as the individual have to that you have to take, whether it's you know, I mean, we're mainly focused on you know performance, strength, and conditioning, and 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 training and stuff like that. But you know, you bring up a great a great point, right? You reached out to Alex and you was like, "Yo, do I need Pro Tools?" That's like the the novice, the the, the amateur lifter coming up to me and talking about, "Yo, when can I deadlift seven hundred pounds?" And it's just like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Slow down, player." Learn how to learn, learn about the bar. Right. Learn about the bar. Learn about how the bar feels in your hands. (laughs) Like 
can you do perfect body squats and wall sits yet? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, <shut up>. like <laughs> relax with, with, relax with all that. Yeah. But and dude, the funny I, is, a lot of people don't want to hear that amateur advice. Like you go be an amateur first. People, you don't, it's funny to be really successful. I feel like success is about speed and timing. You don't have to get it right the first time. Yeah. You have to be ready to when you do get it right to replicate it quickly. Exactly. So exactly. I think like a one hit wonder is somebody who just got lucky the first time. They had a couple thousand bucks. They hired a good producer. They got somebody yeah. to write the song. Boom, this shit is fired, but you can't do it yourself. Yeah. So it's like, what's the point? Yeah, you don't man. you can be 50 years old and produce a hot song and you're good for life there. Like you don't have to hit at 22 and be yeah. 22 in a Lambo, you know, flexing. Yeah. You can hit at 50. You can hit at 40. You can hit at 35. It's it can be 36. Numbers. Could be today. Could be tomorrow. Yeah. But just be consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that consistency work. comes from comes from work, comes from discipline, comes from learning your craft, mastering right. your craft, which is which is great, man. I, I Dude, I got to say, you know, number one, I am so proud of you, bro. Like, I, you know, I'm listening. I'm listening to you talk. I'm listening to you go through your experiences and all that. And I got to say, man, I am so proud of you. And I'm and I'm so grateful that I have this opportunity to talk to you. And the way we all we usually end our podcast is we always ask our guests, what does performance for life mean to you? Performance for life, man. It means dedication to being excellent. It's I'm mm-hmm. dedicated to be excellent, whatever it is, whatever it is I do. Well, John, thank you so much for taking the time to pod with us today. Dude, we love you. Um, We will make sure we post, we tag you on when this episode does release. Oh, yeah. Um, Make sure your music gets out there and all that good stuff so that our listeners can get to know Jay Extra or John C. Edwards, depending on how you feel. (laughs) John C. Edwards is definitely more refined, better quality music. I will say, (laughs) Jay Extra is, is. there's extra. You wasn't at the TikTok when it was all going down. Yeah, you don't understand extra. You don't understand no spilled drinks, no matter what. <laughs> you don't so if you spill, you got to pick it up. You don't understand that extra. What do you mean do. pick up a spilled drink? I mean pick it up. <laughs> you got to pick it up. <laughs> they ain't never go. They ain't never go. They'll never understand kid. that. Just, just listen, to, listen to the music, man. This guy's a great guy. Like I said, man, thank you so much for the time. and. Uh, Good luck to you, my friend.